Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast, your go-to source for insights and strategies in the HVAC, plumbing, and roofing industries. I'm Corey Barrier, here to guide you through transformative approaches to business and mindset. Each episode will explore unique methods, focusing on identifying and addressing the core challenges in your field. Our goal is to equip you and your team with practical solutions that foster growth and success. So whether you're tuning in for the first time or you're a longtime listener, get ready to dive into a wealth of knowledge and expertise. Let's begin our journey to success together. This is the successful life. It's Corey Barrier. Yeah, come learn with me. Take you down the path of our journeys. This is the successful life. It's time to take what you learn. Apply it to your life. It's your turn. To live a successful life. You are tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. Three, two, Welcome to the Successful Life Podcast. I am your host, Corey Barrier, and I am here with Dr. Erin. So today we're going to just kind of talk about um, her story and a little bit of my story, and we're just going to kind of see where this goes. So uh, here you go, Dr. Erin. So excited to be here, and I think, uh, you know, we were talking before the podcast, and I really think that, you know, the audience comes to certain podcasts because they love that host. And the greatest podcast I've ever been on is where it's this beautiful conscious tennis match going back and forth. And I, I think it's great because I've interviewed over 3,500 people on Good Morning La La Land and, um, you know, being the founder of Soul Society as well. Like I'm around a lot of people, but I think that the best interviews, the best talks are interactive. And that's where I think people want to go. So I'm excited to hear about your story as well and dive deep into consciousness overall. Absolutely. So it's interesting that you bring that up. And I'll say the reason I say that is, you know, I interviewed, um, I, I'm going to butcher his name. But in fact, he said, I think two people in his life have got his last name right. But I'll refer to him as Tyler. He was the uh, communications director for Andy Frisella uh, mm-hmm. at First Forum MC, uh, MFCEO. Cool. Project, podcast. Anyway, so I was talking to him last night and and when he got on, he said, you know, Corey, he was like, I don't really have a, a story. He was like, I don't have a, you know, I, I didn't do a whole lot and I haven't really done a lot in business and, and I haven't made a billion dollars. And I'm like, Tyler, like you're the, like you, you're around Andy Frisella, like one, like, 98% of the time, you know, because he films all of his shit and not to mention like he gets to meet, you know, like we discussed Joe Dispenza, which I seems to come up every single conversation that we have or that I have with whoever I'm talking with. Cause I think he's amazing, which is how, I mean, not, he's not how we connected, but same kind of idea. Mm-hmm. But the point of me telling you the story about Tyler is he said, you know, I really don't think I have much of a story. And I said, well, just let's just roll with it. And so as we were talking, you know, he uncovered a story about his baseball. Uh, He was really good in baseball and he tore his rotator cuff and he had to make a decision whether he was going to put his parents uh, in a financial bind um, and go to private school or go and play for a public school. And so at the end of the podcast, I said, well, you know, cause things kind of fell off for him. I actually told that a little bit out of, con- out of sequence, forget about the rotator cuff part. He had to make that decision before the rotator cuff. And so he chose to save his parents the money, um, which was, you know, a good kid. That was, I guess that was, it was a nice thing to do. However, he gave up an opportunity to work with two major league coaches. And so mm-hmm. what I took from that was you are, the person, I mean, you're like the people that you surround yourself with, right? So if you surround yourself with winners, then you inevitably will become a winner, right? And if you mm-hmm. surround yourself with people who are, you know, shitty people, then you're probably going to become a shitty person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so as soon as he left that super winning circle and, and chose to go to that public school, he f- pretty much hated baseball. Wow. Interesting, huh? Right. Awesome. In fact, it's interesting because I'm just um, I'm giving a 
a presentation on the title is don't be a broke spiritual leader. And then it's uh, about basically transforming sales, you know, I'm, and basically all the mindset that it takes to change and switch from looking at sales as if you're trying to get something instead shifting it to really serving and having somebody commit to their dreams. And in the presentation, uh, I was thinking about what does it mean to have a coach? Somebody imagine it took me 22 years to formulate the framework I have for Soul Society, which is a platform that develops spiritual leaders in their awakening and their mindset and all their inner work, along with developing their skill set and entrepreneurial skill set and being able to monetize to a six, seven figure, whatever they want. And I was thinking, how much time would I have gained if I'd had a mentor? I mean, I can't even, you, there's definitely, it's definitely more than 10 times, no question about it. And I think that we have to weigh out the return, right? I mean, we think about ROI on investments and either assets or liabilities in life, are people bringing you down? Are they bringing you up? Are you spending your money on things that are just going to be useless, you know, a year from now, or are they going to rise as assets? And I think that we really need to get smarter as human beings to look at the bigger picture instead of just what's in front of us, that, you know, shiny little object right in front of us. And I agree. I, I mean, it's a fact, you know, scientifically, we become the effect of what's going on in our environment. And obviously from a spiritual perspective, it's imperative that we put ourselves in an environment that is in alignment. I totally, totally agree. Um, you know, it's Tony Robbins talks about this and he says, you know, if you can go and buy a book, let's just, we'll take Warren Buffett just for example. And Warren Buffett has written a biography about his whole entire life that took him I don't know. He's old as shit. So what? 70. <laughs> right. You can go and read about all the stuff that he's done, all the businesses that he's built in a book. So you've condensed back to your point about the mm -hmm. coach. You've condensed all that time that he, that it took him to live that and write about it. You can read it in two days. I don't it's, really, I don't know. It's, how to it's you know? so I'm, I'm writing a, my second book right now. I'm co-authoring with a New York Times bestseller. She's written 32 books. And, and I'm writing this book and I'm like, if I had had this book, you know what I mean? Like this took me, I mean, it took me 22 years to formulate what's in there. It's taken me even more years to write the book and do all stuff. But I think, do you know, and the book was based off of, you know, all kinds of lineage of, of new thought and metaphysics and universal law and Oracle processes and subconscious processes into a formula that births someone's truth. It literally births their divine power, the true identity that they are. It births their core values and getting clear and being able to put boundaries and understand how to live in alignment so you don't get upset and get confused and all stuff. It births your purpose. Like, where was that book? <laughs> but that's the point, right? I believe anything that we learn, we don't get to keep it unless we give it away. And if there's a problem that really bothers us in this world, then that's our, that's our calling to do, to, to bring that and bird that to this life. So that's the beautiful thing. I totally agree. Books are the, been the, one of the most influential things in my life for sure. You know, yes, I, I mean, I totally agree that with everything that you said and what's interesting about the book. So I, I'm an audio book person. Like I listen to audio books. However, I did 75 hard, which is something through Andy. And, and so part of that challenge, so to speak, is that one of the parts is that you read 10 pages of a personal development book every day. Well, I hated reading and I'll tell you why, because the story was that I'm ADD mm -hmm. and the story is, is that it takes me too long to read. And that's why I didn't read. Well, I told myself that story for 40 years Right. So I didn't read. So when I started reading through this challenge, I thought this is going to be because the other four things were like drink a gallon of water. Well, I do that. I eat right. I do that. I work out twice a day. I don't always do that, but that wasn't an issue because I mean, well, uh, I've been in health and fitness forever. So, but the reading and now it's one of the things that has stuck with me and I actually look forward to it, which is just mind blowing to even think about because I resisted it for so long. And, 
I truly believe it was because I convinced myself or I told myself that story that I was a slow reader. Right. It's generally so one of the things I, I remember being on the path and I was the same, you know, when I was in uh, elementary school, I just didn't learn that way. And my mom went to one of the parent teachers conferences and I said, you know, Erin's really smart. She just doesn't apply herself. When we want to do science, she wants to do English. When we're doing English, she wants to do geography or whatever it is. Right. And I totally labeled, I was labeled and I labeled myself dyslexic, stupid, all those things. Uh, but it's funny because when I, you know, work with celebrities, CEOs, single moms, whatever, and it's, it's really fascinating how the psyche works because what happens is we make a decision. It's a decision in mind and you could call it trauma. Trauma is relative. It's, it's, you know, it's emotional trauma. So it can be the littlest thing. Someone can look at you and it could be trauma, right? So the point of trauma is it's a state where you have a high emotion backed by a decision, which is basically an ingram. They're actually able to measure it in neurons, right? There's an actual glitch, if you will. And so I remember as a little girl, you know, getting really upset and feeling really stupid in school one day and just deciding like, I can't do this. And it was like a command that ran my life around education. And then you grow up and you do your inner work and you realize like, oh, that's something that I just decided. And if I decided that, I can decide something different. So yeah, I get it. We all got labeled the ones that weren't, you know, we don't, not everybody learns the same way. We learn differently. Absolutely true. So are you, um, are you kinesthetic? Are you, uh, auditory visual, which or all, you know, all three. Attention contractors of the successful life podcast. Want to supercharge your business decisions? We've got something just for you. Head over to our website, successfullifepodcast.com and click on the free download button to grab your copy of Warning When Hiring a Leadership Coach. Equip yourself with the insights you need to make informed decisions for your business. Don't miss out. That's a good question, actually. Um, I'm a visionary, so I guess I learn by, by, I research a lot, like I want to, I want, I have to like go out and look at things and observe things and feel things intuitively, okay. you know, and then allow it to like trickle into my soul. And then it comes out like it would. And if someone tells me to do something a particular way, then I'm definitely, it's never going to happen because I'm a total, <laughs> like total control freak and totally want to do it my way. And so, yeah, it's just never going to happen. That's just never going to happen. I could never be an employee. I could never be. Um, yeah. I'm just, it just wouldn't work. You know, I think, you know, it's funny you say that because I've, I have all, I very similarly always been the same, you know, I, you know, as a kid, I always got in trouble and I'm not really sure why, I guess just to be an asshole, maybe I, I'm not sure, but, um, yeah, if you tell okay, me, let's, wait, 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 let's just go there for a minute. All right, let's okay. do it. Because we met on, we met on social media. We met through uh, 365 Driven, a podcast. We've, and so I've never met you in real life. I've never even had a, even this kind of a conversation, right? And so I was looking at, you know, your stories and stuff. And I'm like, oh, you know, you, if you're open for coaching, all, you have, and I, all the work that I do is I, tr and I basically help people shift their identity back to their true identity. Okay. Okay. That doesn't mean that the identity that people have is bad or wrong or anything else. In fact, once we get to the true identity, oftentimes we get to be the same identity. We just are freed up from any kind of feeling of guilt or feeling not unconditional love towards it or whatever else. But the first thing I thought when I looked at your, you know, stories or saw you online and we were beginning to communicate about this, I was like, oh, he's got like this identity of being the, the bad, not the bad boy in like, you know, bad boy player, but like the bad boy, you know, and it's like an identity that you're running around with and it doesn't mean it's good or bad. But it's so fascinating, right? Like, where do we get that identity? Where do we take on that, you know, alias? Where do we do that, you know? And it's so, it, it becomes, I'm so fascinated by consciousness. It just always, it never, I never get bored with it, ever. You know, it's interesting that you say that because I, for a long time uh, on social, first of all, I was, I was terrified of getting on 
video. I just, I don't know why I just, because it's look, it's, it's really silly when I'm worried about who on social media is going to judge me They're I don't even fucking know these people. And so, so to your point, I've always had, you know, I've always had, I've attracted women who like the bad boy image for whatever reason. Maybe it's because mm-hmm. I have tattoos. I don't know what it is exactly, but you know, and, and look, I have done my fair share of things that would certainly label me as that. But at the same time, dude, I can put a pseudo in a heartbeat and you would never know that I had ever been in trouble. You know, I got caught with cocaine in 2005 and mm-hmm. needless to say, go ahead. But, but I think the point is, is that I think that we all, we all have these identities that we, we take on, whether it be in this child, in this lifetime in childhood, or it's coming down through our DNA and we kind of take on that persona. But I think the point is, is that it's fascinating to me that when you start doing this work, you know, I'm trained in doing um, subconscious or Greek oracle processes. And it all is about identity. That's really all it is. Limiting beliefs are really a consideration of who you are, which is an identity. I'm somebody who is, um, you know, it's always hard. I'm somebody who, you know, gets things easy. I'm, I'm somebody who struggles and is always feeling sick. I'm somebody who, you know, it's all these identities, all these identities. And, and when you start you know, diving into thousands of people's consciousness, I just now look at people and I can almost hear and feel and smell their identity. You know what I mean? And it doesn't mean it's good or bad or anything. It's just, we're all, I'm still like, I still have identity, but it's like, we're all just walking around in like these, these clothing, these suits that we have of this identity. And we actually think that's who we are. And, you know, it's just, it's, I just think it's so fascinating. It is, you know, I was telling a story to someone just over the, uh, maybe it was earlier yesterday. I was talking, interviewing with the guy and, uh, a friend of mine, uh, Chris Saunders, who's in the Arte syndicate. And he had asked me to go to St. Louis where actually what had happened is I told my wife, do you know what the Arte syndicate is? Mm-mm. All right. I'm surprised Tony didn't mention it, but anyway, so it's a group that is of highly successful people Mm -hmm. pay a chunk of money to be in. It's like a real super expensive club for kind of a fraternity, like whatever, but, but it's all people that are, are growth mindset and are willing to help other people, so on and so forth. The point is, is that the tickets went on sale. So I told my wife, I said, Hey, tickets went on sale. I think we, I think I want to go. I think I want to go. I had already written down in my journal, a journal every morning that I was going to go to this event. And I don't work sometimes. I don't, most of the time I don't worry about the how, if I can, if I can consciously think, I don't worry about how I'm going to get somewhere. I have to know I'm going to do it. Right. And so, um, when I told her that she said, well, let's figure out, you know, how much it's going to cost whatever. And I was like, okay, 30 seconds later, um, Chris's wife, FaceTime me. Well, I don't FaceTime anybody. So I didn't answer the phone. Uh, first of all, plus I didn't know the number. And so I asked her, I was talking to my wife. I'm like, who the hell would be FaceTiming me? And she said, I don't know, but, um, you should, you might want to call him back. And what had happened is Leanne had texted my wife and said, Hey, tell your dumbass husband, answer the phone. And I answered the FaceTime and she mm-hmm. was like, Hey, um, I, have I can bring a guest to the syndicate mm-hmm. event and and it was you know it was thirty seconds before or thirty seconds after I had told that to my wife and the flood of emotion that came mm-hmm. over me because someone would do something so nice and so kind because what they did for me was I mean it's special. It was really mm-hmm. special. I mean, because unless you're invited to go with one of those, with one of the members, you know, you, you're like in the cheap seat, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. Or but isn't, I, I mean, isn't that amazing? Like that's what I call flow. It's like, I know that I'm in flow. I'm in alignment when the phone, like the phone rang today, a dear friend of mine, she said, Hey, I'm going to a very intimate event tonight, Jay Shetty and some people. And 
um, my husband can't go. Um, do you want to go? And I was like, sure, you know, no big deal. And, but that's what happens when you're in flow, you know, and I'm not always in flow. There's times when I am trying to force things and make things happen and figure out the how, and we call that outlining. And when I'm in my highest expression and in flow, it just, things happen like that. You know, you just can't explain it. It's so true. It's so true. And so, you know, after she, she, after she asked me to go, I, I, I mean, I bawled, like I broke down. I mean, and I broke down the phone with a guy yesterday and it just, I, I can't explain the, the feeling that I had because she was doing, she, because she thought, you know, she thought of me to go. And, you know, lots of times for, at least in my life, I don't give myself very much credit lots of times. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know I'm a good person and I know I do good things, but I would rather, the, I would rather pay you a compliment because it makes me feel better than you pay me a compliment. Mm. That makes sense. And so the point is um, because of that and me going to that event with them, it, it sparked something inside of me and I met the exact right people. And I started this podcast just, you know, less than a week ago. And, mm, and I, congratulations. I'm, thank you. And I have interviewed people that get paid to go on interviews and I can't explain it. I don't understand. I, I do understand it. It's the universe because to your point, I was in alignment and this is what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's an amazing feeling. You're gifted. And I, I, I want to first to say thank you for, it's an honor. And, and just like you, you know, we're in service, you know, and, you know, I have friends who are like, why don't you, you know, only interview huge names and only go on huge, whatever. And I'm like, that's just not how I work, you know, because if I can affect one person, then I feel like it's really worth it. Um, and there's a time and a place for all that, but I feel like, um, I look at all human beings as the same. I don't look at anybody that's better or worse or whatever. And I just feel like you felt really authentic in who you are. And that's, that's what I, that's where I'm like, Oh, it's an alignment or not. It's just, it's somebody authentic. It doesn't even matter what they are, but it is interesting that you said that because the identity of the bad boy is actually a self-fulfilling prophecy of, of basically having people reject, you know, and it's really a self-worth thing. And it's not just the bad way. We all have it. All human beings, the core, core limiting belief is I'm not enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not worthy. And I'm divided and alone. I have it. We've all had it. It's a, a collective thing. It's never going away because it's a collective consciousness. And we have a relative truth. So we'll always have that divided self and the divine self but it's really becoming aware and recognizing when we're getting into our lower self versus our higher self. So I'm sure for you, just like me or anyone, there's times that we revert more into that bad boy or that bad girl that, you know, I have the same thing where I'll push people away or I can get into my divine self and my higher self and get more present and not try and push it away through, you know, whatever, whatever kind of character it takes to get there. Right. Right. Yeah, that makes, yeah, it makes total sense. And you're right. You know, it's, and to recognize that we battle with that limited belief and, or, or that struggle. And I say it's a struggle. You look at it how you want, but we do all go through that. You know, that we all have dark days, you know, it's just not, a lot of people just don't talk about it. And especially on social media, they don't, you know, people don't put that out there, including myself. I don't always do it. I'll be honest when I have my shittier days, I, I don't, I don't, I don't know why, because I don't want to be judged, I guess. Mm -hmm. And, and it's ridiculous. And I told my wife the other day, we had, we had to drive Asheville, which is like four hours away. And she's a wedding photographer and she had an eight hour wedding to shoot. And then we drove back because she had something to do the next day. And I said, Hey, I said, you know, I really don't want to do this, but I'm going to make, I'm going to go ahead and do a quick 
Instagram uh, story about, you know, we're both entrepreneurs. So sometimes you have to fucking do what you have to do. And lots of times we work harder than people that have regular jobs. And I said, you know, I need to share about this. And she said, well, why do you have to talk about, you know, us being entrepreneurs? I said, well, that's what, that's what we are. I mean, that's the truth. And so it was, it was just an interesting conversation, but it's still hard to sometimes, even today, uh, hard for me to talk about those bad days, you know? Yeah, I think it's an interesting thing. I think that we've fallen into the positive psychology, which is a, a very dangerous thing to only, you know, to judge certain emotions and only want to be certain emotions. Like we don't work that way. That's not, in fact, such an interesting distinction. My girlfriend and I were talking about yesterday around um, being confused. And it's a typical thing that lots of people go into, but it is the birthing of clarity. So anytime you're about to birth clarity, you almost have to go through confusion to birth the new clarity, right? So you're constantly leveling up in consciousness. Your mind is expanding. Your growth is expanding. Your purpose and calling and your legacy. But in order to get to the next quantum leap, you have to have chaos before it goes back to order. Chaos goes back to order. So it's like people are get so overwhelmed and I'm confused and it's like, oh, great. That means I'm about to birth something new. So true. And we don't understand that creative process. That is just part of the, you can't get, happy until you know being sad you can't have success if you don't understand failure like you can't have one without the other it's the same it's like a it's literally one coin and on if you flip it it's the same thing it's literally you can't have one without the other side you're you're right and 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 this is what i see a lot i see um you know people whoever it may be if i'm working with somebody as if I'm coaching them or even a friend or whatever the case may be, and there is chaos, right? There's shit in their life going on. And that's when people sometimes quit and they stop. And the problem with that is, is that they're two seconds away from that amazing moment. And I am grateful that I'm aware of that. And I, I have to tell myself from time to time, look, you're going through this for a, a much bigger reason, mm-hmm. you know? And I just don't think people recognize that. And I think people fall short because they size themselves up to a smaller person, a, a lesser version of themselves, so to speak. Totally. I remember it very vividly. I remember you know, I grew up with watching Oprah at four o'clock in the afternoon and stuff like that. And, and I was so inspired, you know, I had done so much inner work and got my nine rights in shamanism and even checked out Scientology. I went, I went everywhere. I was obsessed with, you know, consciousness. Um, and I finally got my spiritual practitioner's license and became a new thought minister and got a, became a doctor of divinity. And I had this calling that came through when I was in ministry, you know, I'd, I'd meditate and pray every day. And I had this vision that came through of, of a TV show. And I was like, I, first of all, I'm not in the industry. Secondly, like to be an Oprah, like that's just such a huge thing. Right. And, but I realized that it was in thinking it had to be perfect. Some big, huge production that was holding me back from just taking that first step. And I think that it's one of the, the saddest things to think people won't start because they think it has to be perfect or it has to be some huge thing. And, it's just, if you're doing it for me, it's like, if I'm, if I'm not doing it because I love it and I'm not enjoying the journey, then there's no point in getting to the destination. There's just, there's no point. That's a really good point. Uh, you know, to that exact point, my mic sat on my desk for three months Mm. and my, I told myself, well, you haven't, you know, you haven't really gone through Libsyn or you don't really know how it works. So you know, you'll get to it until, you know, when I was at the event, I ran into a guy, he's a Navy SEAL. He'll be my first, the the first, like the first interview podcast that I'll drop. And this dude is amazing. And I I met him actually, we were getting ready to leave the thing. I don't even know how we ran into him. And, and I said, Hey, I said, um, I actually didn't know he was a Navy SEAL. I said, why don't you be on my first podcast? Cause I knew him from social 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that, you know, he was in the syndicate and he was, you know, whatever, he had tattoos and shit. So I was like, you should, uh, you should be on my podcast. And he was like, Hey, I don't mind doing that at all. And I said, okay, let's put it on the books. And we put it on the books for Wednesday. And mm-hmm. I, at that point, I, I forced myself to be uncomfortable enough to dig into this and figure it out. Mm-hmm. And it really didn't take me that long to figure it out. Now, do I have it completely figured out? I wouldn't say that, but I know a hell of a lot more than most people do about it mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time because I wanted it. I wanted to do it. Right. You know, there, there was this cute, uh, I've been going on TikTok. I, I'm not really on there, but I've been trying to look at it and understand it. Cause I'm like, do I want to commit to this? Do I not want to commit to this? Like, really? So I got in there. I did have like only one friend that was actually posting on TikTok and like not very many things, but there was this adorable little video of him and his son. And, um, and it was something to the fact of, they had a dollar bill or something and they said, how do you make money? He asked his little boy and the little boy said, you look for it. And it was like so simple and so profound because it was like, I remember when my, I had a stillborn son when I was 22 um, and I got pregnant a month to the day, a date later with my son who now is 24. And I remember when my son was a little baby. And I remember I was so broke. I literally was waiting tables and I had a car that was probably worth $2,000. I would go to the thrift store for clothes. I had no money. And I remember looking at him sleeping because it was the most gorgeous thing, as you know, like looking down at your, I'm assuming you have kids. When you look at your kids, whether they're sleeping or when they're waking up, it's the, it's the most magical time ever. I'm getting chills right now thinking about it. And I remember looking down at him and thinking, I, I want him, I want to be able to provide for him more. And I made a decision. I was like, I'm going to, I'm going to be a millionaire. I don't know how, but I'm going to do it. And I just remember not knowing how, but I was like, if someone else can do it, I know, why can't I figure it out? And I just kept focusing on it, kept focusing, kept focusing. And I became a self-made millionaire by the time I was 30. And the point is, is that when you decide, you put it down, like it's a you know landmark in the ground not like landmark forum, but like a landmark in the ground and you decide the universe has to conspire. It has to, it's law. It's universal law. And you have to have, in, you know, you have to have the intent as we talked about earlier. If your intention is truly at that landmark, you will get there because it goes back to what you said. You know, look what, if you're, whatever you look for, you'll find, mm-hmm. you know, if it, whatever it is. Uh, but to your TikTok point or to your TikTok comment, you know, the same guy was telling you that that's do is really good with this podcast. He said, you know, you need to get on TikTok. So I came home and I, I knew my daughter was on it. So I was like, I need you to show me how to work this stupid thing. I personally don't understand. the. I really don't quite grasp it. It seems really silly to me. But the point for the guy, he said, listen, he said, there's no limitations on TikTok. He said, there's no algorithms. There's no, uh, maybe there's algorithms, but there's no, you know, so if you've got 100,000 people that follow you, only 30% at, mo- at most are going to see your things because they have the algorithms that prevent the rest of the 70. I don't know why that is, but they do, right? On mm-hmm. Instagram. You're aware of that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So TikTok does it has not evolved. Okay. I didn't know that. Okay. So he organically grew like I think like a million followers in no time. And who is this person? Uh, Zachary Babcock. Is it <laughs> okay? Introduce me to Zachary. Yeah, I will. But this and, is what's fascinating about TikTok because I've been on not very much just a few times just to check it out. And the first time I was like, this is so stupid, you know. And, and I'm looking at it and I'm like, why do people care about these silly little 15 second clips, whatever. But then I started looking at it. I was like, Oh, this is pretty genius because number one, people have no attention span. Second is that everything's video. Like I think that the whole filtered picture of some pretty girl on Instagram is, is in my opinion, is really boring. I don't, I'm not interested in it. Um, so I either want to laugh or I want to be entertained or, um, you know, have an education. So, um, I do think it's a decent platform. I have no idea. I mean, I went on there and I found a bunch of my friends 
and then I realized I went to all their accounts and nobody actually was doing anything on it. So they all went on and they got the account and then they didn't know what to do with it. So they had like one post or no post or whatever. So I was like, okay, well, this is interesting, you know? Yes, absolutely. Don't quote me on the million followers, but it was a shit ton. Oh, yeah. no, no, it wasn't him. I'm sorry. It was Zach Prince. So Zach uh, is a hypnotist. So I also have my certificate in hip, uh, hypnosis. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was Zach. It was different Zach. Sorry. Mm-hmm. But anyway, the point is, is that in no time, he hit a million followers on fucking TikTok. Like, mm-hmm. but I just, it's hard for me to be silly on TikTok. I don't know. I just think it's silly. But what, you know, we're probably going to. Yeah, but I disagree. I don't think that you should be silly. If your mission is, you know, clearly you have a mission here. Clearly it's about consciousness. Clearly it's about self-development. Why don't you be you on TikTok? It's a great like question. There's, there's a million people doing funny and being goofy. Uh, why don't you actually teach what you want to teach? Because there's probably not a lot of people teaching. I'll take that. And I'll start applying it. So tell me some more about you and your story. Tell me something um, that maybe that you maybe haven't uncovered before that mm, I haven't uncovered or maybe that you've uncovered, but it's been few and far between. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think I was telling you that I'm writing a book and, you know, I tell my story a lot about having a stillborn and I tell a little bit about my childhood, which is a really interesting story. I, I mean, I didn't think it was an interesting story until people started saying it was an interesting story. Cause I'm kind of like, like why would anyone want to hear my story? Right. Um, but I did grow up in somewhat of a pseudo hippie commune in the hills of Santa Barbara. It's really a fascinating thing. Um, my dad kind of, you know, my parents got married really young and my dad went off and I grew up in kind of this hippie commune and it was really fascinating because we, it was right next to Jane Fonda's uh, ranch. So I would be in like a neighborhood that had no money running around barefoot with like parents doing drugs, you know? And then there would be like Jane Fonda's ranch with Michael Jackson coming through it. So it was this big dichotomy and and just this bizarre world that I was like plopped into with no like rules whatsoever. And I remember going to my mom as a little girl, I was very inquisitive. I came in with a lot of, you know, spiritual abilities, but I didn't know what that was. I didn't know you can see people or hear voices or, you know, be able to read people's mind. I had no idea, right? So I'd go to my mom and I'd be like, what are we doing? Like, what's this thing called life? And like, what's the point of this thing, you know? And she was like, why are you asking these things? And just go play with your, like, she's like, it was, she was like, just roll her eyes and be like, I don't even get where you're, where this is coming from, you know? Um, but I think the point is, is that anyone who's listening or watching, I think there's just certain people that are seekers, you know, we just are kind of born that way, just like people who are really funny or um, just like people who are uh, very innovative and very, you know, vision. I think that the point is, is that you've got to embrace yourself. And for me, I turned off a lot of my abilities because I just, it was never, it was almost, um, just, it wasn't acknowledged. It just wasn't, you know, and I think that if you have a calling out there, if you're listening to this, if there's something in you that knows, like, I just know I'm supposed to write a book, or I just know I'm supposed to be the leader. I just know I'm supposed to, you know, be an entrepreneur, whatever that is. Listen to that knowing, listen to that calling, honor that truth for you. It's so important for you to be you and come out of the closet as that person, right? I would say coming out of the closet with whatever it is. It doesn't matter what it is. Be you. Absolutely. I I totally agree. And it's such a challenge to do from time to time, you know, and I've gotten a lot better at it. And yeah, it's crazy because I knew without a shadow of a doubt that there is a higher purpose for me. Right. So a year ago, uh, October, a year ago, I closed my hormone clinic. I had, a hormone replacement clinic with, oh, wow. you know, pet, uh, growth hormone, uh, testosterone, HCG. Uh, we did Botox filler and, you know, all the shit, right? I was, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. It's a long story, but my partner was, was he had a third grade education. Mm-hmm. Red flag number one. But um, he invested. He was my investor. So I built this thing from the ground up and I was, I loved it because I love cosmetic shit. I get cosmetic shit done. I get Botox. I get Juvederm. I love it. I've had surgery. I love it. 
you know, I'm not addicted to it. I don't mean it like that, but like, I don't, I have no reason to hide that. Right. And so I split from him, which was very challenging. It was hard for me. It was very, very hard. Like a divorce. It was, yeah. And it wasn't because of him. It was because my, my baby was my business. I had poured my heart and soul into it and it all revealed itself um, as time went on. But I went to see Tony Robbins and in November around this time, actually. And, and after that event, I knew there was something else in that realm that I needed to be doing. I knew that I needed to be in that space somehow. And I had never had that thought really. And so we go through what we have to go through to get to where we are. And I hope the people that are listening will can embrace that and think about, well, you know, I was in a car accident two weeks ago and it, guess what? Most likely my guess is it saved me from being killed 15 minutes later. I don't know that, but guess what? There was a reason that damn deer ran out in front of me at one o'clock in the morning. Mm -hmm. I don't know what it was, but there was a reason for it. And it was a, it was a better reason than if I would have kept driving. And I do believe that. I believe mm-hmm. everything in our universe happens for a reason. For sure. Yeah, I, I believe the same. I, I think it's interesting because this week, I'm not big into astrology. I know that we're connected with the stars, but I'm, it's just not my genre. And I was on a big uh, podcast last night called High Vibe TV, and um, they're a big YouTube channel and a bunch of stuff. And it's all about astrology. And the big thing right now is like they're – you know, they're like, oh, it's just this really intense energy and it's Scorpio, whatever, and all this stuff. And everyone's talking about how it be, is so like gnarly and all this stuff. And and quite frankly, this week, some really big transitions have happened in and career-wise. And I was thinking if I weren't awake, if I wasn't in the right mind, I could easily look at these things as if they were bad. And I don't even for a second see any of it bad. Um, for example, good morning, Lala, we are transitioning to another studio and I was wanting to be a little bit slower than it went, but as far as the other studio, uh, d- d- basically discovered that we were going to, and they basically wanted us to, to, they want to do a different show. So it was kind of like a overnight kind of thing that we went off that one studio and my old self would have been like, oh, this is a disaster. This is terrible. This is hard. And I mean, like now I'm like, oh, this is a blessing. Like, you know, it's like, I have all this extra time. We're going to go whenever we're going to go to this next studio. It's like perfect. And that's the difference. The difference for me is when you do your inner work and you wake up to see the universe is working for you. All of life is for your growth, for your expansion, for all that it just doesn't change. Like I remember I lost a million dollars in, I mean, like I got a phone call that I lost a million dollars last year and I was upset for, I kid you not, two minutes. And then I was like, great universe. If you don't want that energy in my life, I'll make 5 million tomorrow. No problem. And it was like over. And that's the point is that when you get in right consciousness and you understand you're unshakable, you're untouchable, you're unstoppable. And that is where everybody deserves to be. I absolutely agree. And, you know, that's, so that's kind of how I feel doing this. Right. Um, And it's interesting because it seems like everybody that I've talked to or interviewed and had conversations with, there's something about that person that I don't know what it is about me, but I bring out something in their life that they, haven't thought about, or they've forgotten just like like same example as I was saying about Tyler last night. I've never even thought about it that way. And like, he's pretty deep into, you know, Joe Dispenza and, you know, uh, all the things that I would imagine that that you talk about and that I agree with. Mm -hmm. Um, and so it's, I, I don't know. I think I found a niche. I think I found my niche. So what else? Tell me something else (laughs) that, um, that would surprise maybe some of, I think that, so what is intuitively coming through or what I was just listening to where what's 
speaking through right now. And what speaks through is for people to understand trauma and understand the subconscious and what's going on. I think it's a very valuable thing for people and change my entire life when I started understanding it. So what I'd love to talk about for a minute is just um, having people understand how the subconscious mind works so that they can begin to have choice, right? I love it. So, you know, years ago when I was beginning to seek and want to go from suffering and in my suffering and heal myself, I sought a lot of different modalities. I sought a lot of conferences. I'd go to great conferences and I'd be all pumped up, you know, and then I'd come back home and then I'd be like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I keep that level of motivation or whatever it is? Or I'd start projects and then I'd stop projects and um, I would be in dysfunctional relationships and I'd go, I, I want to be love and I want to not judge people, but I don't know why I can't or whatever that is. I want to make money, but I can't quite figure it out. And so it wasn't until I started understanding the subconscious and understanding why we know what we're supposed to eat, but we don't eat it. We know what we should do in relationship, but we don't end up doing, we sabotage it at some level. So what the hell is that? So I began to dive into the subconscious and the subconscious mind, the greatest analogy um, we can use of the subconscious mind is a computer. So I truly believe that we are, you know, we're spiritual beings and we're having a human experience and we are directing energy. And right now we're directing this thing called the body. So it's like, if you came down and you got in your car, you know, you get inside your car and you're driving your car and you can get out of your car, but you're not your car and people forget you're not this body and you're not the belief. So the greatest analogy is like a computer. So if you're listening right now on your phone or computer, you can touch your, you know, phone or computer, right? This is considered the hard, the hardware. Our bodies, our neurons, our pathways are what is the hardware. Inside of your phone or computer is what's the software. And it can upgrade it, it can get downgraded, it can get glitches in it. We're the same way. We have programming. It's our belief systems. We're programmed through our lineage, through DNA coming down. We're programmed through the movies that we see, the, the cultural consciousness, whatever that is, okay? So next, you have memory. There's X amount of memory in this phone. There's whatever. There's X amount of memory. And you can have, you know, it helps with your ability to, you know, do all kinds of things. We have memory as well. Memory comes in our epigenetics and comes down our coding. It is also sort and what we call the Akashic records from a spiritual perspective, meaning that there are mental pictures for everything that's ever happened that we can tap into because all memory is in us. It's living and breathing in every single cell, right? So the fourth part of the computer is you can have the greatest computer, you can have the greatest software, you can have the greatest memory, but it's not going to do anything without the operator. The operator is you. You are not your computer, you're not the body, you're not your belief systems, you're not your memory, you are a spiritual being directing this thing through a body, right? So what happens on a computer, and what do you get? You get glitches in your computer. The, the computer gets slow because it's a little spinning ball. It gets slow because there's too many you know, things open. There's um, the cache, there can be viruses, there's all kinds of things. Same things happen with us. We get confused, we get overwhelmed, we get depressed, we get you know, all these things. And so what do we do? We do the same thing as we do with the computer. Well, we've got to go in and we've got to close down all those tabs that are playing in the background, complete them, shut them down. We clear out the cache, we clear out the memory, we organize it, we do whatever we need to, we maybe need to upgrade our software and we might need to reboot the entire thing. It's the same thing in subconscious work. So what we do is we go in and we do all those things. The first thing we do is trauma. Trauma is the thing that's holding those those open tabs that are open because it's like the past thing that happened with your ex is still playing out today because we've got this trauma around it. We've got charge on that mental picture. So what we do in trauma work is we go in and we neutralize it. We complete that cycle. We look and see what commands you decided out of it. We, we close it down, complete it and put it where it's supposed to be. So it's not running your life like puppet strings. Next, we basically get into getting into your true identity, shifting back to the truth of who you are, which is a clear computer that knows exactly what it's supposed to do. So we go into your core values, getting clear of what, what's the intention with this computer. There can be a million different people using computers and what you do with your computer is going to be unique for you or for me or for whomever. And we bird the purpose and calling for somebody because you got to get clear of what you're going to do when you go on your computer. Are you creating some, designing something? Are you creating a, an email? Are you creating what, what, and what's the intention? Where is it going? Right. And what's it doing? So this is the process. I think people need to know this so that they can understand why they're getting confused. Why can't they 
ever get happy. What's wrong with them? And it literally, you got to clean up your computer. You got to clean up the subconscious mind because the subconscious mind is playing out about 98 plus percent of your life, all the past things. And you've got to use the subconscious for your goodness. It, It does positive and negative things. It's important to use it to put automated things in you want and take out the automated things that no longer serve you. So there's my rant on subconscious work. So that was fantastic. I love this subject. So what's super ironic about your whole analogy. So this is exactly what I went through today. I woke up and I went to my computer and last night before I went to bed, I thought I should shut down all the shit on my computer. And I'm like, okay, I'm not doing it. I'm going to bed. And a stupid ass update came through last night and shut my computer down. And when I say shut it down, like I have been on the phone with Apple all day long, trying to retrieve back all the crap that I had by all of my podcasts were on. And I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Like this cannot be happening. I've been staring at that fucking wheel all day long. It is. And and, and to right now, it's still downloading whatever the hell I can possibly pull out of this stupid cloud. Mm. And so your analogy was exactly what I've been going through today. But Mm -hmm. to the point of our programming and our subconscious mind, it is, I think it's 128 out of millions of pictures that go through our minds Mm -hmm. a day that we actually capture. It's practically nothing. I mean, yeah. have more pictures. I mean, and we, and that's how we, we see everything through picture really. Yeah. Holographic. And we're just seeing a splice of it. We may, it's like one time you thought love hurts and you only see when, and anytime you see love, it has to also see hurt. That's like true. it can't not see the hurt. Right. Or, or if you're constantly broke, it's because, well, um, you, you either spend all your money on something stupid because you have to get back to that state. It's like the thermometer in mm-hmm. our house. If the temperature is set at 68 and the sun comes out blazing as hot, the air conditioner comes on. It's yeah. hot for a little bit, but then the, the AC comes on vice versa with the heat. And so it levels out. Well, if your temperature gauge is broke, meaning you're broke, if you're financially broke, and that's where your gauge is, no matter what happens here, no matter if you go below it or above it, somehow you're going to get back to that same temperature. I love that. It's so true though. It's so true. And, and you have to be aware of that. And that happens with a lot of things, relationships, you know, usually we get into the same type of relationships. I always wonder why the hell would somebody stay in a verbally, or a uh, verbally or, or physically abusive relationship. Well, because that's the program. That's the program. Yeah. It's, it's, it's so fascinating because it really is. It's a, it's such a, a funny, I think relationships in particular, you can see the cycle more than anything because it's always like, you know, a very typical cycle is somebody has to be, uh, you know, the band that someone needs to be abandoned And so they have to find somebody that can abandon them, right? They've got to have someone that retreats, you know, when times get hard and then they're trying to push and go, no, communicate, communicate more. You're wrong for not communicating. And then as soon as they, you know, start communicating, they're like, oh, I'm not that into this person anyway. You know, like it has to be this dynamic. It's a perfect, perfect vacuum for whatever's going on. And if you have the identity of I'm somebody who is not worthy of love, it doesn't mean if the most loving person comes in that you won't even be able to, you won't even be able to have it. You won't even be able to, you know, even you won't be like, I'm just not into this person. I don't know why it's because you don't, you can't even accept love. Right. Yeah. You don't have the capability of recognizing when someone is trying to actually love you and you push and typically push them away. If that's what you're used to, if you're used to being with an asshole, then you're attracted to assholes because that's your fucking temperature gauge. Yeah, or like guys will be, I, you know, have older clients and they'll be like, oh, I got these young women and all they want is, you know, they want me to pay for things. Well, 
what do you think happens when you objectify people and you pull up in your, you know, fancy car and flash things, you know, around? It's like, it's, it's a transactional relationship. It's not transcending. And it is all the same. It's there. No one's better. No one's worse. Like everyone's playing their roles and like, you're just getting what you're getting. Like right. it's just, just recognize the game, you know? That's totally true. And, and if you're that guy pulling up in whatever and, and you're dating younger women, well, that's what you really, that's what you want, or you wouldn't be doing that. You know, if, if you're, and look, at the end of the day, if I'm 60 years old and I'm dating a 24 year old and I, she's dating me because I'm rich as shit and, and I'm dating her because she's gorgeous. Well, guess what? Everybody wins. Everyone wins. Yeah. And don't get us wrong. It's ages. I think that the whole paradox of age and dating, everything's really changing and for authentic reasons. But I do think there's still, doesn't matter if it's in whatever age, non-age color, whatever there's transactional and there's transcending relationships. It doesn't matter, but yeah, it's all the same thing. It's all consciousness. It's all the belief and the universe. You, you look through that, the, the filter and I've watched it over and over again with clients. And I just think it's the most fascinating thing. And I think that people don't realize if, if people understood the, the power that can change their mind, if they actually did this work, people would be taking second mortgages on their house all day long to say, this is the most important thing because it's actually what I believe is we're actually completing our entire DNA and it's actually healing our children and healing our lineage and healing everything and making us live in the true possibility, true free will and being able to be expressed. And we need love and we need connection. We need expression. And if we're running out of program and we're running out of fear, and we're running out of our old patterns you know, what's the point? Who cares if you have a multi-million dollar house or if you have whatever it's, it's you're you're still in a jail cell because you haven't figured out how to have true freedom within your own consciousness. So I think it's the most valuable thing we have. It, it's created the entire universe. So it is the most invaluable thing. Yes, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I totally agree. And you know, it's when you hear, I hear people, you know, cause I've been sober over 10 years and, and I attended, you know, 12 step program for quite some time and I don't anymore. Um, I'm not saying that people should or shouldn't. I, it, it, it had a role in my life for sure. Mm-hmm. But when I started on this journey, which was last July, I started on this journey and I started digging more into the subconscious and, the things that we tell ourselves in the language of the mind. And, and I realized something and I've only met, I don't know. I don't know if you would agree with this or not, but I've only met one or two other people that would even have a conversation with me about this. And it was that if I stand up and say, Hey, I'm an alcoholic. And I do that over and over and over and over and over I, I, well, then I'm always going to be and feel like I'm broken and I'm going to always feel like I can, I'm one sip away from a drink. And guess what? I'm, I'm not, I just don't fucking drink. Like this is a really important topic. I love to dive into this. Yes. Let's go. Um, you know, I dealt with addiction. I was believing from the time I was 17 and 20. And they also dealt with codependency. Um, and I've thought a lot about addiction. What is addiction and how does this work from a, from a metaphysical standpoint, from understanding energy and how we direct energy. So this is the deal is we direct energy. And if we put something more powerful than ourselves over and over and over again, we will experience being the effect of that. We will experience that because we've created it in mind. So if we always have to have drugs and alcohol, for example, always to we're, we're anytime we're trying to escape, we're, we're going to that for our escape, for our pleasure, for our whatever over and over again, we're handing our power over and over again. Then it's like, it goes into the automated system. It's a habit. It's a, it's a, and it turns into addiction, right? So it's not so much that you are powerless you are a thousand percent powerful. You're so powerful that you can create yourself powerless because you're handed your power over and over again. And that's the distinction that I think needs to be made in, in AA. Obviously AA is amazing. It helps millions and millions of lives. 
And there's a lot of people have a problem with it because they don't see God outside of themselves and damn straight. They're right. God is within and you are so powerful that you created yourself to be disempowered. And in knowing that we're able to have a new possibility, which is saying, I have experienced being an alcoholic and now I choose to experience being somebody that is creating a life that is abundant, amazing, healthy, and has an extraordinary community. And I'm here to share my story around it to be able to show people how they can go from feeling like they are in total hell to creating heaven on earth. Absolutely. I agree. And, uh, you know, for a long time, I wouldn't, I had, you know, I had written out this long post when I, when the light came on and I went, fuck, you kidding me? Like, this is, this is what I've been doing. I've been repeating this whole thing over and over. And, you know, I won't get into the percentages of the of success rate, but it's not great. I'm going to tell you that right now. It's not great in, in AA. And again, I'm not bashing AA. It's had a place in my life and it has a place in someone's life that needs it at that time. And so be yeah. it. But I don't think it's somewhere you need to live. Yeah. Well, and again, I think that comes down to another really important distinction. If you look at the stats, and I don't know if they're accurate, so don't totally quote me on this, but when I've done the research on it, there is people have just as great odds in AA as out of AA if they decide to get sober. And so again, from a perspective of subconscious mind, what shifts someone's life is a decision, a decision, a powerful, clear commitment decision. And so it doesn't matter if you've made that decision and you've gone to AA or you've made that decision and stopped drinking out in the world. The reality is when you make that powerful decision, it that's what sticks. And that's why the percentage isn't good in or out of because it's because alcoholism, you've done it over and over again. It's in the programming. So it is good to have a community, whether it be in AA or, or not. It's always good to have a community. If you're rising in entrepreneurship or if you're trying to overcome addiction, you, it's always better to have a supportive community. It doesn't matter what it is, but you've got to have a community that you believe in. And if you don't believe in whatever, you're going to do poor in that because it's going to be another justification for you to fall off the wagon. I had, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and and I, I often wonder, you know, well, so what I was going to say prior to that is my, I, I ran this past one of my buddies who's 18, 19 years sober, and I've known him for most of that time. And he said, well, then, you know, why would you jeopardize your, why, why would you put that out and, and then ha- not have the option to go back? And I, I got to thinking about that and and I bought it, you know, I bought into it. I didn't do the post, but longer I, the longer I thought about it, I'm like, you know, I don't, I don't need it to go back to. And I don't, I just don't. I mean, if I, if I felt like I needed to, then I would go back, but I just don't feel that I don't, I don't have the desire. Like the thing is this, I wish there was something outside of that, outside of AA that was more like this. Yeah. Well, that's what actually spurred society. And that's, I think why the universe has brought us together. Cause one of the reasons why I started society was I would go to an AA meeting um, or any of the 12 step rather. Um, I, you know, I'd be in spiritual centers. I'd be whatever. And I'm always growing and going, checking things out, seeing what's working, what's not working. Da, da, da. And one day I went to a 12 step meeting and I was sitting there. I was thinking, this doesn't resonate with me. Um, and, but it's so beautiful to think about coming together for one hour where there's principles where people live, you know, uh, by and people share their story and there's support and fellowship. And I thought, this is amazing. This needs to be everywhere on the world without it necessarily under some of the, the, aspects of this. That's when we began to, we do have stuff around. We do a love soul session, which is for basically principles to live by because as a spiritual practitioner that teach um, how we use our mind for good, basically, right. To create what we do want instead of what we don't want. And so codependency is a great one, right? Like how do you, if you just did the one principle of never making someone wrong, your in every relationship in your entire life would change. If you just did that one principle, and if you had a support group to come back together for an hour and support each other in that one principle, your entire world would transform. 
And so that was the entire premise of a building society. And then in building society, it was natural to build spiritual leaders and certify them because really to embody principle, it's, it's, it is, it's like going to the gym to become a world, you know, wrestler. So you got to keep going. You got to go and you got to go and you got to train. You got to figure out how the best way to lift the weights. You got to figure out all those things. And it's the same with becoming someone who is learning how to reprogram the subconscious mind and learning how to be a spiritual coach and learning how to align with the universal law. It's no joke. It's, it's a, you are becoming a, an Olympian champion in mind. Absolutely. Yeah. It's just like a muscle. You have to yeah. work it in order to grow it. And if you don't work it then you lose it, I mean, yeah. it is what it is, you know? So and what I'm going to invite you to do and us to do yes, is to come up with the principles that you'd want to live by and what you'd want to create that is an, an uh, another choice for someone other than an AA, you know, something that is based, if you feel like these principles are good, if you align with them, which I know you do, you know, let's come up with that one hour. Let's come up with that for the I people that, that don't believe God is a man in the sky. Cause that's what the verbiage sounds like, you know, right. like that doesn't work for me. Sure. No, I, I, I accept it. I would love to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, there's clearly a reason that we had this conversation because I certainly didn't necessarily intend on delving into that. But honestly, I, I don't know that I've met another person. Well, I haven't met another person that said that to me. Hey, well, would it make sense? Like, since you've got this idea to come up, you have the idea, make it happen. Yeah. Why not? Online, that's one hour a week. That's just in service. Absolutely, one hundred percent. Wants it to be big, it will explode. Of course, no? yeah, absolutely. I mean, look, look, look at it; it's gigantic. Mm-hmm. But you know, and I think it's a great idea. I think it's a magnificent idea, and I'm in. Let's call it Soul Society Recovery. I love it. I love I'm it. Done. Done. Yeah. Perfect. We'll set I mean, up a time, and we'll set up a time. Facebook. Yeah, set up a Facebook group and do. Yep. You know. We, Whatever the universe leads us to do, that's yeah. exactly what we'll do. But at the end of the day, I guarantee you, we'll at least help one person in that group that night, yeah, that day sure. or that meeting. That'd be and amazing. It'd be such be. an honor. And that's really what this is all about is is serving because there's, I know, yeah, okay. This is perfect timing because I got to run off to a dinner party anyway. So it's perfect. And then that would make me, I mean, look, I just think of it like on our deathbed, you know, I always think about that movie Schindler's List, you know, at the end of that movie when he's like, I could have helped more people. I could have done more, you know, and I don't, I, that's the only regret I could ever have on my deathbed. I want to live fully. I want to give fully and do as much as I can and, and be able to say I did my all. Absolutely. I don't want to be laying there thinking I should have done that. You know, when Aaron mentioned that, I should have done it because look at the impact it could have had. And here I am about to die and now I can't do anything about it. So now we're going to do something about it. Awesome. Done. So on that note, thank you so much. And I will be in touch with what I think some core principles should be. And I can only fathom that you will be doing the same. For sure. Absolutely. Okay. Have fun tonight. Thank you. So I will for sure. Bye-bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Successful Life Podcast. We hope today's insights have ignited your passion and provided tools to shape your leadership journey. Remember, greatness is a journey, not a destination. Continue your pursuit by exploring more resources and insights over at coreybarrier.com. Until next time, keep leading, keep learning, and keep striving for excellence. Stay inspired and see you on the next episode.